Hello, it's Gabby here for you. Before we jump onto this week's podcast, I just want to let you know about two ways that you can work with me. First of all, I do one-to-one coaching and I do that via Zoom so we can jump on a Zoom call at a time to suit you. The second thing I've got for you is an online coaching course that's 12 modules that you can download straight away now. There will be a link somewhere around these podcast notes. And this is the course that I've designed and it's got everything in it that I wish I'd have known when I finished cancer treatment and I was lost. So you can download that course now and you can start working towards making this your happiest and healthiest year ever. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, it's Gabby here from Confidence After Cancer and I hope this finds you well. I want to quickly this week just talk about seven mistakes that I see cancer survivors making time and time again and first of all to say there's no judgment here I just want to share the lessons that I've learned because these are lessons that might help you as well. So the first mistake that I see people making is not changing the environment that made them sick and this will depend very much on where you're coming from. But for instance, I've got a friend who worked in a toxic work environment. And for her, that was part of her environment that made her sick. Other people, it may be whatever's going on in their life, they know they're not doing their exercise, they know they're not caring for themselves, they know that maybe their nutrition is not what it should be. So whatever it is that environment that's made you sick in the first place, I think a cancer diagnosis is a really good opportunity to stop, take stock and think about what do I want to change in my life? And once you've done that, it's easier then to put a plan in place to go forward and really address the changes that you want to make. The next mistake I see people making is not advocating for themselves. And what does that mean? When I was first diagnosed, I was very trusting of my oncologist. Quite rightly, he was the expert. I knew nothing about cancer. I completely put myself in his hands. But as my cancer journey progressed, um, I realised it was really important for me personally to get involved in my treatment, my choices, the decisions that I was making about whether to have surgery, whether to continue with the drugs that I was on. Um, I quickly learned as well Medical people are not infallible. They sometimes make mistakes. Sometimes your notes are not looked at. Sometimes you are the person who knows you best. And so one of my top tips to somebody who's newly diagnosed is always to take a notebook and a pen and paper to every appointment. I'm old school. I like a notebook. You can make notes on your phone, whatever you do. But especially if you're an oncologist or your doctor, your consultant, is throwing around medical terms that you don't really understand I found it helpful for me to write those down, go away and find out what that terminology meant because, it again, new words for me. Um, that helped me to participate in my treatment plan. I wasn't a, a passive passenger. I became probably a bit of a pain in the backside to my doctor, but I became active. And I feel that, you know, the people that do well are the people that get involved, find out what's going on with their treatment, and become an advocate for themselves, become, if you like, somebody who's going to stick up for them and not just blindly follow what the medical advice is. Because you're an individual and medical advice, as you know, as, as technically brilliant as a doctor may be, he's not you, he or she's not you. And they don't know how you're feeling. They don't know how you're reacting unless you tell them. So you've really got to become an advocate for yourself. And if you find that difficult, then find a friend, find somebody, you know, that 
that you can rely on who will do that for you again i've got a good friend and for her it was a mother-in-law who was quite a feisty lady who came to her with the to the appointment and asked the questions that my friend didn't feel empowered to ask so the next mistake i'm going to say is that i've seen time and time again is not learning which foods feed cancer and there's so many different opinions on this and I'm not going to say anything too controversial because I'm, I'm not here to tell you what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. But I will tell you that there's a lot of evidence, not just for cancer, but for all sorts of illnesses, that processed foods are doing you no favours. You know, if there's chemicals in your food, if you read on a packet an ingredient that you can't even say that you don't recognise, your body's not going to recognise that either. And I really believe when you're eating or drinking you are either feeding your illness or you're making yourself better. You've got choices. And it's a very empowering thing to learn some simple nutrition strategies that will help you. It might be mindset, it might be the placebo effect, who knows? But if you were eating well, you're eating whole foods, you're not eating processed foods, or occasionally, I'm not saying I'm perfect all the time because I'm really not. Life is for living and I would hate you as I've seen somebody do to drink a green smoothie and be forcing it down because they absolutely hated it. Me personally, I love a green smoothie. It's a joy for me. I feel really um, refreshed and energized when I drink a green smoothie. I love it. But for this lady that I know, who was, you know, really wincing when she was drinking it, that it was, she was making her miserable. None of us want to be miserable. We want to be joyful and happy. And I'm sure there are healthy foods, healthy choices that you can make that will make you feel good as well. Um, the next one I'm going to say is thinking that you can just pop a pill or a supplement even, you know, a pill with a supplement in to think, yeah, well, I'm eating a rubbish diet. I know I'm not looking after myself. I'm not getting enough sleep, not drinking enough water, not getting any exercise, but I'll just take this supplement and that'll make me well. It really won't. A supplement is what it's said, a supplement. It supplements a healthy diet. It supplements a healthy lifestyle. And it's, you know, I take a good quality uh, multivitamin every day. There's lots of other supplements that you can take as well, depending on your circumstances. But they're not a replacement for a good diet or a healthy lifestyle. They can help you, and especially if you've been ill and if you're tired and maybe you're not eating the things that you should be eating. They can help you get along that path. But they're not a replacement for really addressing maybe what's going wrong in your diet or your lifestyle. So that's another mistake. The next mistake I see people making is really not having a plan for their recovery. And it's really overwhelming. I know this from my cancer uh, diagnosis. Straight away, you're in shock. It, you're probably in a lot of fear. I was. And then you're plunged into this you know, mystery world of chemotherapy or surgery or radiotherapy, whatever it is that you're, you're involved with. You go into that. And then at the end of it, you're sort of chucked out of the other end. You are released, if you like, back into the wild with, there you go, back into your normal life, whatever that is. And for me, I think the people that do best are the people that have a plan. Now, your plan could be, actually, this is the way I'm going to live. I, I don't want to hear about cancer anymore. Thank you. I've done with that. It's taken months, maybe years of my life away from me, and I'm not going back to that place. But whatever your plan is, find a plan that works for you. I've got online plans. I've got on online courses you can look at my, on my Confidence After Cancer website, give you some ideas. But that's not for everybody. You need to have your plan. And if you're not sure what your plan looks like, reach out to me. Send me a message. I'm happy to talk to anybody. I'm, I'm here for you. 
And the next mistake I see a lot, and you'll see this a lot on social media, is allowing people who have never had cancer to give you the benefit of their advice. And that's all well and good. And I'm sure a lot of it comes from a good place. It comes from a loving place. But they're not you. They've not walked in your shoes. They've not been on your journey. And, you know, we're all individuals. None of us um, can say, oh, yeah, I know how you're feeling because we really can't. And I found that when I was first diagnosed, I, I was almost shying away from people that had had cancer because I thought they don't know how I feel. They don't know how I feel about my family and, and the things that are going through my mind. But even worse than that is, and I see it again, I see it so often, is people who who never had cancer trying to give you advice and telling you what you should or shouldn't do. And it's hard, but somehow you need to get the confidence to know, to trust your intuition. You know you best. You know you better than anybody. And so don't let anybody else tell you what to do. That includes me, okay? I'm here to share my um, experience. I'm here to share what works for other people. But you are you, okay? And the last mistake I am going to share with you I see all the time is living in fear of recurrence. Now, we know with some cancers, there is a high rate of recurrence. I was diagnosed with inflammatory breast cancer. And yeah, great news is when I was first told and I, and I did the thing you're not supposed to do. I did Dr. Google and I looked at everything that I could about inflammatory breast cancer. And it does have a very high rate of recurrence. My story was I had chemotherapy to start with. And at the end of the chemotherapy, the, the cancer, there was no evidence of it. It had completely gone. And I was like, oh, great. This is it. I'm finished. And my doctors went, no, no, no. It's not finished because you, this cancer has a very high rate of recurrence. And to stop that happening for you, we want to give you the best chance. And we recommend a mastectomy next. And I really didn't want to do it. But I was persuaded by people around me that that was the way that I should go. So I almost always had that sword of Damocles hanging over me that, you know, this could come back, this could come back. And that gets slightly easier as time goes on. You know, I'm 15 years, um, no evidence of disease now, which is a great place to be. But I've tried really hard and it's not always easy. I know that. But I've tried really hard not to live in fear of recurrence, because to me, if you're living in fear, that's not living. We all want to be happy and healthy. And enjoy every day. Now, some days are better than others. We know that. That's life. You're going to have your ups and downs. But don't live in fear. Please just don't live your life waiting for that um, diagnosis to come back again because that's not really living to me. So I hope those seven tips help you. Um, mistakes that other people make, you don't have to make them. And I'm here for you. If you want to learn anything about what I've talked about today, get in touch with me. The link will be below this video or if, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, the links will be below. My website is confidenceaftercancer.co.uk. Reach out to me. You can find me on social media at Gabby Motti or Gabby Mottershead. I'm here for you. Okay, so have a brilliant week, whatever you're doing. Stay safe, stay safe, take care.